This is a flash of pure inspiration. This man is absolutely mainline to pure footballing magic. You're goddamn right. He emasculates them. Yes. Individually. Yeah. Collectively. Feel that, buddy? Huh? It is on fire. Incredible talent, incredible variety, like never seen on any other show before. You people are amazing. We're also down to just two people who understand how to keep time in a soccer game. For fuck's sake, stop saying soccer. No, that's, that's like football without pads, right? Let's have some fun. It's football time. Nobody else is going to do it with me. Eater, eater. <laughs> no. <Sorry. laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Pitch, episode 20. Um, it is March 24th, which means, Carl, this will be up March 25th around noonish. Maybe. Oh, you're, no, you're working tomorrow. It might be a little bit later yeah. tomorrow. No, but I'll do it. I'll probably do it after my. We my might even be able to get it done tonight. We're starting early tonight for both shows, it looks like. So maybe it'll even be up tonight. True. Um, but yes, uh, March 24th, uh, Carl Badger's on the uh, ones and twos Ones and twos over there. Uh, Pelly's over here to my right, as usual. No Liverpool scarf this weekend. Um, I think we're going to get into maybe a little bit of that. No. I know that was, a, that was a disappointing loss. Um, my Arsenal scarf is on, though. Uh, big 2-0 win over Everton this week. Um, but before we get into the show, big loss in the soccer world today, and actually one of our kit numbers of the week, the... Now late, great, number 14, uh, Johan Cruyff passed away today from lung cancer. Um, we're not going to get too, too much into him. We just It was only a month, month and a half ago that we talked about him and how he changed the game and his, all of his accolades and everything. But 68 years old, died of lung cancer. Just a couple quotes from a couple different people that I looked up today. Um, Bayern Munich's manager right now, who's going to be Man City's uh, manager next year, Pep Guardiola, said it. He's a man who painted the chapel for Barcelona and its players and coaches, and everybody else after that has since merely just restored or improved what he brought there. Uh, David Beckham called him a true hero, and not just one of the greatest footballers in history, but also one of the greatest men and nicest people that the game's ever seen. And Gary Lineker, an ex-Barcelona player, said football lost the man who made the beautiful game the beautiful game. So really a sad day in uh, the football universe. Uh, like I said, we just ha- we didn't have him on the show. That would have been real cool. Um, <laughs> or real bad. Then we would never get anybody again. Yeah. Um, but we just talked about him a couple weeks. I'll open the floor for anybody who wants to say anything about him outside of what um, has been said today. Um, uh, you know, I didn't know too much about him um, before you guys talked about him uh, a few weeks ago. But from what I've read online, it seems like he is even more influential than you guys made him out to be. Uh, it was all over the internet, so to me, it, you know, it, it's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah, he's, he's arguably, and Pelly brought it up before the show. Um, well, not arguably, he's the best European ever play the game. He's arguably the Michael Jordan, the Jack Nicholas of the sport over there that we think of over here, who passed away this weekend. Um, Pelly, anything to add? 
Yeah, I mean, his influence even goes further than just being a great player, which obviously, as you said, possibly the greatest European-born player of all time and in the conversation of one of the top three or four greatest players of all time, in my opinion, um, right along with Pele and uh, Maradona. I think he's closely knit right behind that group and maybe uh, Franz Beckenbauer, but one of the greats. uh, But his influence goes much deeper, I think, than just being a great footballer. He is a guy that, in terms of his tactics and his management style and everything that he did on that end of things, like, like Guardiola said, you're talking about a guy who really developed the beautiful style that Barcelona plays. He was, you know, a a big pushing cause behind the total football movement and, you know, tactics and being tactically adaptable and being able to do some really, really amazing things on the pitch. So, I mean, you say Michael Jordan, yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of his playership and, and everything he's done for the game on the pitch, absolutely. But he's almost a Phil Jackson off of it as well. Right. So he's a combination of of two things that we haven't seen very often, where you have greatness both on the pitch and off of it in any sport and any type of crossover. But certainly going to be one of one of the big figures going to be missed. I'm sure. You know, this weekend there'll be plenty of leagues across Europe, probably acl- uh, across the world, that will be uh, well, saying the, their condolences. The Netherlands for sure. have a. Friendly, I believe, next week against France. They're going to pause a game for a minute. The refs are going to blow the whistle, and for a minute, they're going to have a minute of silence um, in the 14th minute. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other tributes there. Now, I don't think every European team is going to stop the game in the middle of it, but I wouldn't be surprised if in the 14th minute we see a lot of different teams do different things. Um, One last thing, like I said, just looking up a little bit today before the show and looking up some of his quotes that he ever said, mm-hmm. uh, one thing that stuck out to me, and this kind of goes to what Beckham said about how he was a nice man on and off the pitch and very humble. Um, he said, I wasn't, everybody thought I was the fastest player on the planet, but I just started running before everybody else. <laughs> and that kind of goes and shows his mindset to the game that he didn't think that he had all the skills, so he had to be smarter than everybody. Right. And you need to be both of that to be any great athlete. You need to have the skills and also outthink and outwork um, your opponents, and he definitely did that, as Pelly said, on and off the pitch. So definitely a somber way to start off the pitch. Um, but uh, he his numbers were tired by us, so <laughs> there's not too, too much more we can do. Um, that gets us to our next kit number of the week, number 20. Uh, we put up the poll today, first time we've done that. Um, and I think I'm going to continue to do that um, every week. That way we can get some fan input. Uh, number t- 20, we got, got two two people who took the main votes. Um, that was Ole Gunnar Solkshire. Solkshire, yes. That last name, Norwegian name. It's got backwards <laughs> letters and everything. He got a couple of votes. But the winner on Twitter from the Off the Pitch fans um, is Gonzalo Iguain. Like I said, we're going to continue to do this. If you want to vote, you can find us at OTP Soccer Talk on Twitter. Um, that's where you can find all of our podcasts as well. Um, we're getting more socially active with it on the social media. Um, we're on it just about every other day, if not every day. Definitely on when there's big games going on around the world. So, What's what's the following up to now? 585. Wow, closing on 600. Closing on 600. Very nice. Off the Wagon did reach us 1,000 follower today, but we will talk about that, I'm sure, on Off the Wagon. We will. Um, but now that is the new goal for um, Off the Pitch is we want to match Off the Wagon and hopefully pass Off the Wagon because Pelly and I have a little bet going on in here on who can get more over the course of time. So, But, yes, 585, and 
we're hoping by the end of, or by the next episode, we're up to 600. But yes, like I said, a couple participants on off the pitch, which was good to see. And Gonzalo Higuain won the fan vote. Uh, number 20, he wore that for Real Madrid mainly. Uh, currently he plays for Napoli, and he started a river plate in Argentina. Excuse me, I'm getting gassy here. I'm talking I can too, hear it. I know, I'm drinking beer, I'm talking too fast, I should slow down. Um, but Argentinian international, born in France. His dad was an Argentinian. Really? His dad was an Argentinian-born hmm. player, played for the Argentinian national team. Um, he was only born in France because his father was playing in France at the time. Makes sense. Did get his Argentinian citizenship a little late, 2007 actually, which was about 10 years ago. And he was he's 28 now, so 18. 18. Um, but that allowed him to play. He's got a brother, uh, Frederico Francisco, who plays for the Columbus cr- Columbus Crew. Really? Uh, yep. He's their he's their captain, main striker over there. Obviously, not as good as Gonzalo is. <laughs> but just a couple quick stats before we get into. His impact on the game. He's got 220 goals and 448 club appearances. Um, he's got 25 international goals and 52 caps. He's won La Liga three times, a Copa del Rey, uh, Copa Italia, and the Supercopa de Italia with Napoli. And with Argentina, Argentina, Jesus, Argentina, um, he was a runner up in the 2014 World Cup to that German team and the 2015 Copa. America runner-up as well. Individually, he's been on the Serie A team of the year, um, the UEFA 11 once, um, and he's got two World Cup man of the matches versus South Korea, which that one should be a given, and then a better club in Belgium. The one thing with Iguain that I've taken away from his game is that he is a pure striker, he, and he's very quick in that... Um, in that attacking third, and he's got good movement with the ball, but he can also pull up, and he knows when to pass it, dish it off to the wings, and open up the game. More of a pure striker, like I said. I don't think he has the skills of other strikers all around that we've discussed on the show, but I think a very worthy 20, and so do the -the off-the-pitch fans as well. Fair enough. Yeah, not a lot of great options for the number 20. Uh, unfortunately for Solkshire, he's a guy that was kind of known as a sixth man, quote unquote. Sixth, twelfth man. Twelfth man or, you know. Super sub, if you will. Yeah, whatever that last number is in terms of how many you have on the playing surface. <laughs> he's that next guy. Um, but a very good player. Scored some huge goals for Manchester United over the years. Was a part of some of the great uh, championship squads that they had. And has often been said to be one of the great um, players under Sir Alex Ferguson there. So obviously a very good runner up there. Higuain is an interesting player for me. He had a pretty serious back injury a couple of years ago that ended up costing him close to a full season. Um, You know, still extraordinarily talented. A guy who has been um, accompanied in that Argentinian squad with some of the great strikers of this generation. Messi, Aguero, Tevez. Aguero, Tevez, absolutely. And he does, like you said, spread um, some very, very good skills over, you know, a one, you know, one man machine and just really has every skill you'd want from a striker in terms of being able to go after it in the air, uh, can score the goals on the ground. And like you said, I think tactically might be his biggest strength. He's very, very good at picking out a pass or, or putting a good solid shot on goal. Um, you know, not a goal machine like you have in Lionel Messi, but again, still a, a player that I think is now that he's gotten out of Syria and out of that Real Madrid lineup where it was kind of difficult for him to break in at times, 
you're seeing a lot of great play from him at Napoli. I'd be yep. anxious to see if he makes one more move in his career and one more major run as well. Yep. Only being 28, still yep. very young. Still very young, 28. And like I said, one one thing that sticks on me is I don't. He doesn't have the foot skills necessarily as a Messi who does, and I'm not com- making that comparison. Mm-hmm. But he's a very no nonsense player. Yep. A lot of the times you see guys in the box trying to make that extra move and get the opening. He's kind of got the mindset of well, I'm going to put it on net and force a goalie to stop it. Yep. Which a lot of players with a lot of great potential I don't think do that too much in today's game anymore they try to make that extra pass or they try to make that extra move when fired on goal if they save it they save it yeah but in soccer the more shots you get on net um the more are gonna go in and I think that's kind of his mentality with it um I don't really know how he is as a free kick taker personally um, yeah, unfortunately, he's always been on teams that I think that have Messi yeah. and better <laughs> Messi, Ronaldo. Ronaldo, better free kick takers. <laughs> I don't know about Napoli. I don't. I don't know who's taking him down there now. But it might be him. But it might be. It wait, might be. Yep, Gonzalo Higuain, kit number twenty on episode twenty. Like I said, thank you to all the fans who voted, and I think there's going to be a thing now every week um, that we'll put up a couple. Today was a little late. Um, I'll try to do it next week, the full day before the show. Because um, the votes can still come in because I don't know how to use Twitter and didn't realize that you can put a time limit on it less than 24 hours. But next week it'll be up early, earlier with four more names who wear the number 21 and the fans can vote and tell us who they feel makes the off-the-pitch 21 next week and it just keeps growing every week after that. Kevin Garnett. Alrighty, perfect. EPL. We're going to go into that today. Um, we're going to go into Champions League today. We'll start with the EPL. We haven't been talking too, too much about it lately. Today, maybe we can get into some Liverpool, get into some Arsenal. Uh, Carl's over here with his West Ham just drawn, so I don't know if he's got too, too much to say because he's just going to keep saying the same thing that he says every week. Oh, we got another draw. We got another draw. Um, but we even, and we're not going to limit it just to Liverpool and Arsenal. Uh, we're going to open it up and really have some good discussion. I know last week we brought it up a little bit at the end of the show, um, just talking top table, bottom table. But now we've got the opportunity, like I said, full show. We started early. We've got a big opening here to talk some good EPL soccer, and that's what we're going to do. So let me pull up the table real quick right there, and we're going to start bottom uh, 16 down, 5 to top like we usually do, 16th place, Swansea. Um, and I'm going to do the games 16th played. 16th place is Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace has a better goal differential. Uh, they do, but what kind of an app are you using over there, Pelly? <laughs> I have Crystal Palace on thirty matches with thirty-three points. Yes, I have Swansea City on thirty-one matches with thirty-six points. You got them with thirty-one matches with thirty-six points. Yeah. Okay, then I've got the I've got the wrong app. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Jesus. So Swansea doing a great job of getting out of that zone. <laughs> yeah. Very, very strong move for them. But um, um, let me see if I can refresh this. How do I how do I do this, Carl? God damn it. You just click the refresh button. That usually I don't know where the refresh button is. That share settings devices. Is the same app I always friggin' use. Okay. We've been getting bad information this whole time. <laughs> We're a week late, the, apparently. The listeners are gonna be like, oh my god. We are a week late. Let me pull it up this way. Oh, wow, we're waiting. Do you... Oh, you're going to be away next weekend, right? I'll be here next weekend. Uh, Friday night, Revolution um, versus NYCFC. Is that... 
or no, the Red Bulls. Red yeah, Bulls Friday Red night Bulls. game, seven o'clock. Um, if you're interested in going, Pelly, uh, mm, that'd be difficult. Carl may be working. Um, I think I'm going to try to go and hang out with all the off the pitch fans, the <laughs> all twenty thousand of you. Oh, I was supposed. I got a shout out to what are their supporter groups? The Rebellion, the, the Rebellion, Rebellion, and yeah. the Midnight Riders. I think I'm going to join one, if not both of them. Join, join them both. Well, right. maybe you can't join them both. Maybe they got like a rivalry right. going on. I don't That'd think kind so. Of they cool. all hang out together. <laughs> I know if you, I know if you join the rebellion, you get a free scarf. Alrighty, I have the correct table up now. My apologies, Pelly was correct. As much as I hate to admit that, um, but he was correct. Sixteenth down, Crystal Palace, and I'm going to do games played because not everybody's played the same amount of games because right. of different cup matches. That way, you can get the idea of who's got games in hand. Crystal Palace have played 30 games. They have 33 points. In 17th, Norwich City, 31 games in with 28 points. Sunderland with 30 games played, 26 points. Newcastle with 30 games played, 25 points. And Aston Villa with 31 games played at a measly 16 points. Not even two, uh, just barely two a game. Or no, half a point a game. That's bad. That's bad. Five up, Carl's West Hammers, 30 games in with 50 points. One point behind Man City in the last Champions League spot, who has 51 points. Arsenal also with 30 games played, 55 points. Those three teams have a game in hands against Tottenham, who's in second with 61 points. And Leicester City still at the top of the table with 66 points. Um... I, would, I know we've been talking a lot of Leicester City a lot lately when we talk EPL, so we're not going to start with them. But I would like to, if time permitting, obviously. Like I said, we got a lot, a lot of time today, so that's good. Um, discuss them a little bit. I've been watching them a lot. They're getting a lot of TV time on the weekends. And just talk some tactics with the Apelli, if you will. Um, figure out, is their playing style uh, sustainable for these last seven matches? Well, I think you're answering the question right there. If it made it through 31, it should make it through seven. Well, it's, we'll get into this, but it's very interesting because last week was the start of last year's run where they got out of the yep. relegation zone. So yep. it has been a complete year of football for them. Like I said, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, we're going to go just because Pelly showed me up and had the right table and Liverpool took their miserable loss mm-hmm. to Southampton this weekend. Mm-hmm. I believe they were up 2-0 early in the first half. Yep. And then somehow, Mignolet, was that a straight miss? I didn't see that particular kick. They gave up a PK. Um, Southampton missed. I don't know if Mignolet saved it, which if he... I'm not surprised if he did, actually, because yeah. the past couple times we've seen him, he's been stopping them all. So they had a missed... Uh, PK early in the second half. It looks like Liverpool is going to continue to dominate play, walk away with it. Then 64th minute, makes uh, Southampton makes an interesting game with a goal from Sadio Mane. And then two late ones in the 83rd and 86th. Another one by Mane and Graziano Pele. They put them both in. And Liverpool walks away with no points. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about this, Pele? Because I was chuckling. I'm not going <sighs> to lie. I, I was really chuckling. hung. I was really hung over on Sunday morning. I believe that's when the game was. Um, Carl, he was still drunk from the night before. Yes. Um, so we were really, and, really liking it and continued drinking. <laughs> you don't seem to be as happy as we are. So before we get into it, 
Um, just a couple quick stats. Possession split right down the middle. Shot split right down the middle. Shots on target split right down the middle. Um, passing, 81%, 79%. Southampton to Liverpool, respectively. Uh, duels won, dead even. Aerial duels won, dead even. Just about, give or take a couple here for me. Uh, crosses, dead even. Corners, dead even. What happened, Pelly? That was a tale of two halves, and I think that's the easiest way of putting it. Um, you saw our, a Liverpool team in the first half really, I thought for the most part, play Southampton out of the park. They were the better team by far. Probably should have had three or four goals in that first half with the way that things ultimately unfurled. Uh, got into the second half, Jurgen Klopp, probably the probably the biggest and most worst decision that he's made since he's been at Liverpool, which is interesting because at this point I think a lot of Liverpool fans have kind of let the feeling of okay we're a top four team dissipate and they're not too worried about that at this point it's kind of let Jurgen figure out this team you well know, now you can start we'll, criticizing him a little bit on it too right. you, have, you can't criticize him the first month arguably because you don't know what well, he's going to do the, even the first year these aren't his players he really hasn't made any major changes to the, the squad itself but this may have been the most controversial decision that he's made since he has been uh, Liverpool skipper, and what happened was halftime comes around. Dejan Lovren is pulled off For in Skirtle. favor of Martin Skirtle to come on in the second half. Martin Skirtle hasn't played a senior match in oh gosh, two months, two and a half months now. And it was a torn hamstring that he had. It was a tough injury, and it's a very tough injury for a guy who's already pretty immobile in terms of how he defends. And all three of these goals were directly attributable back to Martin Skirtle in one way or another. And the penalty kick. So you're talking about a player who basically gave the opposition four goals in the time that he's out there. A lot of people... I'm in an interesting quandary here because I personally like Martin Skirtle in a sense that he is—he bleeds red. He's been here for years. He's done everything he's needed to for the team, and he's even had an opportunity, I think, two years ago to leave after that great season that they had. I think it was City that was looking at grabbing him, and he ended up sticking around. So I do have a certain level of respect for him, but in the same breath, this is what you get with him sometimes, and this is totally unacceptable. Four goals... Three points totally lost to a team that, quite honestly, you were miles better than. Now, I'm not going to place all the blame on him. I think the midfield got a little loosey-goosey, allowed a few passes into the box. Mane had two or two or three really good opportunities to be able to put one away. Mignolet, like you said, he actually did save that, uh, that penalty kick. Um, it, what do you say? I mean, the team, it, it looked like the Liverpool that it, the, the Liverpool it's capable of being was the first half, and the Liverpool it has been for most of the last two years is what it was in the second half. And it was just, it's torture. It's torture. Now, t- taking a little bit off of Skirtle, yeah. do you think, like you said, midfield got a little loosey-goosey? Do you mm-hmm. think they came out of half saying we're up 2-0? To a certain And, ca- and kind of t- take your foot off the gas pedal. Oh, we've got this. And then all of a sudden, you give up the one, and we still got the one goal lead. Mm-hmm. We just pack it in, and all of a sudden, bang, bang, three minutes apart in the last ten minutes of the game. Yeah. Now you just lost it. Um like I said, outside of Skirtle, do you think it was partially take the foot off the gas here, cruise our way in? To a certain extent, yes. Uh, I think uh, not having Lucas Leva available or you know not using him in that midfield to kind of staple things down was a little bit of a, an issue. We saw they played uh, Emery, Sean, and uh, Joe Allen in the midfield. And at, eh, there might have been a third. I can't think of it right now, but... Joe Allen is is a guy who's going to be a more progressive player, regardless of what Brendan Rodgers thought he was when he was around. But he's a more progressive player. He's a guy that's going to play in the middle of the park into the attacking areas. And 
when you have a physical battle and you have to beat the opposition within a physical battle, Joe Allen's not going to win many of those battles. And I think that's what you kind of saw happen. And Emery Sean, he's going to expend his energy going back, forth, up and down. And unfortunately, I don't think he's a great player at staying put at one area of the pitch. And when this team has played and played well, they've had a shield to that back four. And unfortunately, that shield was not there consistently. And it ended up you know, being really exposed, I think, over the course of the second half. First half, when you were being progressive, you were going after it, you were being aggressive and, and really going in for attack. It didn't matter. You weren't seeing a lot of counterattacks that were hurting them in that area. Unfortunately, nobody was recycling. Nobody was taking care of that area. And I think you really saw them exposed uh, because of it. Also, taking into consideration, this team, I thought, is playing a... <sighs> I don't know how to put it. Probably an out of form would be the best way of saying it. Nathaniel Klein, who I didn't think was very good out of position at left back over the course of this match as well. John Flanagan's getting back into the swing of things. And I think Jurgen Klopp is a big fan of his and the way that he plays. So I don't know. I mean, it was, it was tough. They also did not have Roberto Firmino available to them. He had an injury as well. So a uh, tough loss. The only silver lining out of it is... Daniel Sturridge didn't get hurt, for one. Uh, and for two... <laughs> and he put one in, too. He, was, he, he scored, and he I did. just took down... I believe it was a 20-minute. I just took down the game sheet. Yeah. Um, but he scored. Benteke came in the 70th. I'm sure Benteke just stood out there and didn't really do much, as usual. Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, Phil scored a goal. Pretty pretty weak goal, actually. Just kind of dri- dribbled through really early. Sturridge got one, and I forget who got the third. For Liverpool? Liverpool. Liverpool oh, I'm sorry. They didn't, they didn't get that. Well, that's why... <laughs> That's why I lost the damn game. Um, the only silver lining you can take out of this game is I think you're you're in ninth place. You have two games in hand for the current uh, match week at 29 matches. They put six points on the board in both of those. They're level on points with United and West Ham, who do respectively both have one match in hand as well. But now, all, all, all things going in your favor, you're right with that group that's right behind that top four. And, I mean... City itself is on thirty matches now, with fifty one points. Now with so. that, um, you don't have you're not getting any easier this weekend because on Saturday you got Tottenham, who is in regardless of whether we like it or not, they are in a excuse me championship gassy 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 championship battle. Um, Tottenham can't can't afford to drop another game. Right. Um, I really think Tottenham needs to win out because of the way Leicester's playing. I do think Leicester's going to drop a game or two, but a game. You, if they drop two games, Tottenham still needs to win out. Um, Tottenham's got to go. Jesus Christ, what is in this beer? <laughs> um, Tottenham's going to go after it. Uh, would Liverpool? Yes, obviously Liverpool wants to play spoiler. Um, but now, yes, you had the two games in hand, and this isn't one of the ones that you get back. Don't get me wrong. But essentially, they all—they're going to come at some point. This isn't any much of a let up on Saturday from this past. You need to play a full 90 minutes of good, solid soccer if you're going to beat Tottenham because Tottenham's got a lot more to lose than you do. Yeah, Liverpool's played Tottenham very, very well over the last two or three years, um, going back even to the Brendan Rodgers era. Um, there's something about Tottenham and the high line that they play and, and just really their tactics on, on a week-in, week-out basis that I think Liverpool does well against. Um I don't know if this match is actually in Anfield or it Anfield. it is at Anfield. So they'll be at home as well, which I think is going to be a nice leg up for them. Ultimately, something we've seen under Klopp over the last you know couple of months that since he's been here is this team typically bounces back very well from adversity. And I'd be hard-pressed to say that Tottenham's going to come in here and play 
exponentially better than what you get from Liverpool. I'm expecting a draw out of it, but obviously it's a coin flip for this one. Um, you know, Tottenham obviously has the motivation. Yeah, Liverpool. I think after after this match, they'll be looking forward to Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, they got Borussia so, Dortmund next week uh, in the round of sixteen. No, it's a quarterfinals. There's a quarterfinals now yeah. of the Europa League. We'll get into that a little bit later too. Yeah. Um, but yep. So I, and I think that's the tournament right now that Liverpool's really gunning for. I I think they're out of Champions League picture here. They can get their way, work their way back into Europa League pretty reasonably in the standings. But the Champions League, I think, is a done set thing. Mm-hmm. You're not jumping that many teams, unfortunately. But like you said, Klopp has a, uh, another opportunity to go off. Put a trophy in the trophy case in his first year with a team that he didn't create. Mm-hmm. Um, there was handed to him, I should say. And I think that in the next week, I think that the bigger focus for Liverpool will be that Borussia Dortmund that team's match um, next <laughs> Thursday. Borussia Dortmund. Um, real quick, I haven't had a lot of good things to say about Arsenal lately, and we did get the two win at Goodison Park. Um, and I'm not going to get into the game. It's just you needed to have the wheel stop coming off here because they are a long shot now. They do have the game in hand against Leicester and Tottenham, but that only gets them to 55 points. Oh, that's eight behind Leicester. So now 58. Oh, that's right. I'm looking at the wrong goddamn thing again. Let me pull up the other f- stupid, stupid, stupid. This thing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I hate computers. Um, there we go. 58, um, that'll put them still, regardless of which one I'm looking at, eight points behind on the table. So now, Arsenal, you need to win out. You have no choice. because You need to win out, and you need a lot of help from Leicester. You need three losses from Leicester and two from Tottenham, probably, to catch up. That's a lot to ask. Uh, right now, unfortunately, I think that Arsenal is going to kind of sit uh, they're not in any other competitions, which is good. Um, they're not fighting over, okay, we got our cup lineup for this. We got our European lineup for that. They're going to be able to go off, just play. They're they're clear on that Champions League line. Man City is playing like crap. West Ham and Man U aren't going to catch – both of them aren't going to catch them, in my opinion. Um, Five points. I wouldn't be too <laughs> but, I wouldn't be too positive about that. But I think that I, they're, I, they're much more – they're much more safer from going down than they are going up and attacking that top spot. Uh, and I'm very curious now to see if this is Arson's last year. And we, well, a couple weeks ago, we tossed around stupid, crazy ideas. Um, Pep is officially going to Man City now after this year, which we were talking about for a little bit. Irrelevant now, but Pep wants his Champions League team, Man City, if they don't win Champions League, they might not be in Champions League next year. Um, so that was going to be an interesting dynamic. Doesn't matter now. Um, I think they're going to be stuck there a third. Tottenham and Leicester, I think one of them is going to fall back. I don't think it's going to be Leicester. And I know you've said as long as Leicester's at the top of the table, the league is still wide open. Are you trying to sell us on the idea that Arsenal is going to still be in this title race. Is that what you're doing? No, right no, 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 no. No. Okay. They, they, Man City Man City's done. Can we make that agreement? Man City cannot win the title. Uh what are they at? Fifty one, they gotta get yeah, no, no the, chance. The, I'm not I'm not turning into the Bruins fan or the Celtics fan that you hate here. 
mathematically they're not out of it. They could be this week, I think. But you and what I'm saying is I don't think they're going to win. I think Leicester or Tottenham. It comes down to those two horses, and one of them is going to fall off. I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal jumps in that second spot via a Leicester just absolute collapse at the end of the year, or a Tottenham just can't keep pace. Arsenal goes off, uh, wins out, or gets six wins out of seven, whatever it is, and catches them. Um, but it's getting a little frustrating now. G- good win this past week, but now it's a little too late. You had your opportunity on Christmas when you were right after right after the New Year. They jumped to the top of the table. That was your opportunity to go off and run away with the league, and you didn't do it. And now you got a question. I know Arson's been there for what twenty years now, twenty three years. It's ninety six was his first year. So, so twenty years. Yeah. Now you got a question. Okay, is it time for the shakeup? Is it time for the change? Well, if that's the case, my question to you as an Arsenal fan: Who do you have your eyes on? You have to think Jose Mourinho sounds like he's going to be going to uh, United. Guardiola going to City. I mean, and you've and this and this is the whole other thing is now they've all the manager shuffles already started. Yeah. Ancelotti already going to you, Bayern Munich. All the big names. All the now do. Arsenal doesn't necessarily need a big name. I think Arsenal needs a good talent evaluator and a good X's and O's tactical guy. Right. I think I'm not saying Arsenal isn't that, but you need a new voice in that locker room. I think. Um, I think you've got the talent on the team to win. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have the talent to go off and win a Champions League. Uh, if that's going to be your goal, I think you need to bring in a couple more pieces because your Bayerns of the world, Real, Barcelona, they're on a different level now even from the rest of them PS- Chelsea's not going to need a manager too right no I've I, heard Antonio Conte who is the who was the Italian international international I, I yes that might, sounds right still be, but supposedly he's going to he's in the front of the line for Chelsea so who and, is it who are you no, looking at come on JP Chenard no, <laughs> no I, I don't know I don't know like I said I don't necessarily need the big name I don't need the big throw me out of the water here Boom, we stole Pep Guardiola from Man mm-hmm. City. But, like, not Brendan Rodgers, don't get me wrong. But somebody coming in, a little bit lesser of a name, mm-hmm. trying to prove themselves. Arguably, I want Arsene Wenger, just not Arsene Wenger. I just want a different body in there. Like I said, now all of a sudden you get in the locker room and just, now you're going to get the players to pay attention. And I think that's arguably why he's fallen off here the past couple of years in the second half of the season because he loses the he loses the mindset of the players and ah, well it doesn't matter we're just trying to get Champions League anyways right. and next year we're going to be in the Champions League we're going to get knocked on the fir- knocked on the first round and we're all good enough to just make it in the Champions League again and that's all we need to do and we're going to win an FA Cup every three years or every two years whatever it works out to be and I think the players have reserved to accepting that which isn't good Mm-hmm. Which isn't good. The players should think every year, regardless of whether it's a realistic capability or not, of we want to win Champions League, we want to win the FA Cup, we want to win the League Cup, and we want to win the league. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as things unfold over the year, doors start closing, that's fine, but you can't go into it and say, well, making finals of these things and making knockout rounds of the Champions League and just getting there is enough for a team and an organization that historically is one of the biggest in the world. It should be competing year in and year out for those top trophies every year. And it's unfortunate. They just, they're good. They're good. They aren't great. And Mm -hmm. I think the players are there. I think you need a new manager. 
And next week, I will do some research, and I will let okay. you know who I want in. Let me dump two names on you, see how you feel, bounce them off of you. The first one, this would be my dark horse for the job, and I don't think they would go with him, because I don't think he's sexy enough. I, I, and following Arsene Wenger, I don't think it's going to be enough to really get the, the fan base happy. But he's done a good job at Southampton, Ronald Koeman. I don't know if he's going to leave Southampton. For he, Arsenal, though? I Well, and that's the thing, Arsenal's such... I'm wondering, too, is Arsenal a good enough job? And oh, I would think so. I, I would think so, too, but taking myself out of the rooting interest of a third person. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I, I am the exact person you right. can ask about that. Right. I'm, I'm taking a rooting... <laughs> if I'm coming, I'm jumping all over that. See, I, don't, I know he wants to make a step up right. with his next, manager, next uh, career move. Who doesn't? Right. But if Chelsea comes around... Arguably, what, would you rather go to Chelsea with all the money or Arsenal? And what other jobs are there? I don't know off the top of my head whether other jobs are going to be available. But mm-hmm. you, do you go? I, 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 I'm, I'm speaking ignorantly about this, but just to use my example, PSV, a team like PSV, you're going to go off and win your league every year. He was you're going to get into Champions League, a team like that, where a lower tier uh, European he, league. He was in the. Um... He was in the uh, Dutch League at one point in time. I forget who it was. It may have been Feyenoord, but I know he did have a bigger job in... Right. Um, or like even, or like a Galatasaray. If, you, if you're him, do you look at it and say, okay, well, yeah, no, I can just go off and be a Champions League qualifying team every year and not win any trophies? Or do you go to Galatasaray where you're guaranteed to win the league every year, mm-hmm. you're going to be in Champions League, and yeah, maybe you bow out of Champions League in the round of 16 or the quarterfinals every year, but now you're putting trophies up so that in five years, the next job comes around, now you can go after... I, th- I think, it, well, it's kind of like in uh, college sports here in America. Is it a, d- a destination for a, a coach, right. or is it you know a stepping stone? Right. And I don't think Arsenal's a stepping stone. I think it is certainly a destination, which we've seen with Arsene Wenger over the years. I mean, you're talking about a guy who has won the premiership who has been close multiple times as well. For me, I think Ronald Koeman would be a great fit tactically because he can take a hodgepodge of players. As we've seen at Southampton, you can buy them from any number of places and he can kind of twist them and turn them to be able to get them to work together and work together well. On top of that, I think he's a pretty shrewd guy in terms of being able to find bargains out there and buying players, which is something that Arsenal does certainly look into as one of their biggest um attributes I yes. guess if you would and we, we got to get uh, Josh Arnaud back on to talk to him about the possibility of a move like that for Koeman I think he'd be a good source but um, ultimately he is a guy that I think could be a possibility and two actually I do have a third but I'll get to that in a second but two Claudio Ranieri at, at Lesser City do you think he would jump Lesser City's well if they win <laughs> that becomes a very interesting that becomes a very interesting yeah. thing um, the problem with my the problem with me with Claudio Ranieri is he's always been a bum manager up until this past he's calendar been, he's year. Been the, he's gotten teams of Champions Leagues in the past. Yeah, it's Roma. He, I think he's I think he's old too now. I think he's in his seventies. Yes, yeah, yeah. um, I think if he leaves Leicester, I think he leaves Leicester and he walks out underneath oh, so the sunset. This is his last job. I think I think this is his last job. Okay. I th- if I don't mind it, like. Tactically, I think he's fine. Oh, I think he'd be um, perfect for them. 
it's just, I, I think he's old, I think he's going to get his title, and I think he's going to walk. Because I think he also looks at it, too, not that Wester's a sinking ship by any stretch of the imagination, right. but now next year you get a Champions League schedule on top of your already grueling English schedule yeah. without too much depth in the team. And if Wester decides we're not going to go spend money, we're going to stick with what we've got, he might look at that and say, well, you know what, I'm going to leave with the championship. You guys deal with playing the Champions League and fighting re- relegation next year. Right. And... That's an interesting one. I just think Lester's going to be his last job. Okay, no, fair enough. And then the sexy pick would obviously be Diego Simeone from uh, Atletico Madrid. Yes, yes, but Atletico's still in that champ. They're still in Champions League, which we're going to move to shortly. Arsenal and Atletico Madrid, for some reason, are mirror each other quite a bit in terms of where they stand within their respective leagues. Well, Not quite champion caliber, but very close. Well, well the, the, diff- the the difference between Atletico and Arsenal, in my opinion, is Atletico's got two of the top three best teams in the world year in and year out in Real and Barcelona. So you now have to become the best team in the world to win that league. Um, But Atletico went to a Champions League final, what, just two years ago? Um, Correct. They're good. They're good. Their problem is their league. Arsenal should not be. This year's a perfect example. Down year for the EPL. There's no reason Arsenal should not have walked away with this. Agreed. If you put Atletico Madrid in the Premiership, play this game with me, Atletico Madrid's walked away with it. And that that's so... But very similar, I'll, I'll agree. And Simeone, that might be how he can now build his... If he wants to win a league and put that on his resume, not necessarily the same thing as Stepping Stone, but... They, they did win the La Liga two years ago? Or three years ago? Within the last three years, they did win one. They did win one? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I did not know they won one. But I thought the it was been Barcelona I, and Real. This is a very interesting conversation because of the fact, and it's not, even if you expand it outside of Arsenal, you're looking at some of the best managers in the world trying to come into the Premiership in order to be able to break the bank. You're seeing Pep Guardiola going yep. to, or actually, there you go. Maybe that's an opportunity. They're dumping um, uh, Manuel Pellegrini. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I. Pellegrini, Pellegrini's old as shit, too. Um, <laughs> I think he looks older than he actually is, but. I wouldn't mind Pellegrini. Yeah. I wouldn't mind Pellegrini almost as a three-year band-aid. Let's go for it for three years. Yeah. And now you're kind of waiting for Pep to get sick of Man City or anything like that. And you find the Klopp three years ago and say, okay, his job is going to be up in three years. Yeah. That's going to be our guy. We cannot get ex-manager now because of X, Y, or Z. Nice he's going to be available in three years. We're going to throw the bank at him then. Let's get Manuel Pellegrini in here for three years. We'll, we'll yeah, I don't be shocked. You can, right. You, you can, I, I don't mind that at all. There's just uh, He's got the name power that the fans are going to like. You're seeing an influx of so much talent. Even, you know, I mean, obviously on the player standpoint, EPL has the most money out of any league to play with. And they're buying all these players from all over the place to be able to increase and better the brand. But you're also seeing a lot of managers. And this is the... I think this is the high watermark for the best grouping of managers we've ever seen. I mean, you take a look at some of the, even uh, Aston Villa has Remy Gard, who I believe has won. I forget if it was an Italian league title or, or something like he has won trophies with major teams in the past. And he's the, he's with the worst team in the, <laughs> the premiership, wor- right? Sam Allardyce with Sunderland fighting yeah. for, for a relegation. One of the, you know, a guy who's uh, brought his team. I think it was to a champions league with um, Fulham one year. Yeah. 
Rafa Benitez has won a Rafa Champions Benitez. League. He's one in the bottom four teams in the league right yeah. now. And you just go through and you see all these different teams. The great management there. Louis Van Hall at uh, Manchester United. Um, his name's ex- escaping me right now for West Ham. Um, who's your manager? Billet. Yeah, Slavin yeah. Bilic, who is he's been in Eastern Europe, in, uh, Eastern Europe for a majority of his career. But this is a guy who is a fantastic manager. We've seen his abilities with, with West Ham. Klopp on a ninth place Liverpool squad, right? And then that's not even adding some of the names that we're hearing about coming in in this upcoming summer. Right? It's it's pretty incredible. And I think Arsenal, yeah, they finished top three, top two this year, and then they don't make a great run at this this championship. Yeah, it's going to suck, but it's going to suck even worse when Arsene Wenger walks out that door and they now have to find a way to replace him with the talent of managers that are being sopped up by the rest right. of the league. And like I said, that, that's kind of where they're screwed because if they're thinking, oh, we're just going to keep and then you can't go now. You, your number one, number two, number three, number four, number five option and so on is, is already gone. So you have to now think... Pellegrini, now that, you, now that you bring it up, that's, like I said, that's not a bad idea because I like, hey, look, you're getting old. I know you want to retire soon. We'll pay you buku bucks for three years, go off and just win titles, and now you start picking right now, knowing that he's only going to be here for three years. We need to find our next manager right now and start a three-year process of maybe all of a sudden Klopp starts shitting the bed with Liverpool, and you say, well, he's going to be the next guy. His contract runs up this year, whoever mm-hmm. it is. We're going to throw the bank at him then. X, Y, Z. There's any number of them. Like you said, Pep, once he gets sick of Man City, you bring Pep in. Um, but you can't do it now. You just lost your opportunity on this window. And next year with all these guys moving, they're not going to be moving one year in. They're going to all get two, three years. They all can't win. So in two, three years, they're going to be on the market again. And that's when you start start now picking who your next guy is going to be. And I think they should do that even if they stick with Arson. Right now, you have to think, okay, we can only do this for three more years, Arson. Loved having you. Go to Juventus. I don't care where you go. <laughs> Win a Champions League down there. Make, your, make yourself a bigger name than you are, which is good. Um, and just get a, different, get a different mind in there soon. Yeah. And that's, that's my opinion. Um, Chelsea, in the top half, I believe for the past two weeks, they got back up. Yeah. Um, and they are in the best form out of any team in the Premier League right now, which is going to lead kind of lead me into this Leicester City thing here. Um, I can only see the next four matches because this isn't updated, so I've got all the last week's matches. But <laughs> Leicester City, Southampton, West Hampton, two out of their next three. That's a tough little stretch. There could be a hiccup in there, especially with a West Ham team fighting for Champions League, uh, fighting for a Champions League spot. Man City, like I said, they're kind of collapsing. I think they're making that push right now for that Champions League, which we will get into shortly. Um, and they're going to be playing in the last week. Uh, just watching the past couple weeks, I'm getting very scared, and I'm rooting for them. I'm getting very scared that they're going to run into some teams here that you can't go score one goal on them early in the game and go throw 11 men in your box and expect somebody to not bend one in. Mm-hmm. And you get two or three of those in a row, yeah, you get the point out of it, but Tottenham keeps winning. Arsenal keeps winning. Don't roll your eyes, but you get, have two teams who keep winning and win in. They're going to catch up real quickly in three weeks. If you get three draws and they get nine points, they're right there, back there with you. Leicester's lucky enough that they can afford a draw along the way or even afford a loss down the way, but they've got a why. I don't, I'm rooting for them. 
I don't like well, this. And I know you've said that, and this is how they got out of that relegation battle this year. And the reason why I want to talk about, like I said, was this week was a calendar year where they went on their run to get out of the relegation zone last mm-hmm. year. Now in first in the league. How sustainable is it really? Is it really? Oh, it's plenty sustainable. I think the biggest thing is you, you look at this team, you've got seven uh, match days left for them. Realistically, what do they need to do in order to be able to wrap this thing up? Six wins guarantees it. Six wins. Un- uh, five wins, actually, I think, because they, they have a six point they lead. They have a five point lead. Okay, so yeah, six. Six wins guarantees it. Puts it to, to, puts it to bed. So now you're saying they can unquestionably lose one of these next seven matches. Yes, yes. Which is straight out flat loss. Flat loss. Realistically, do we think Tottenham is going to run off the no. next seven? No. Tottenham's got Liverpool and Manchester United in their next two. So they're going to have a hiccup, even if it's a, a draw against one of the next seven. Well, that just buys so, you two more points. Exactly, which means they can probably lose two matches now, thinking about it. Yep. Arsenal's Arsenal's not almost mathematically out of it. Almost. At, at yep. eight points, I think it is, or nine points for them right now. Um, they're... Difference. 50, they're 11 out now, but, but they, they do have the, have, the, they have the match in hand. So uh, best case scenario, they're eight out. Right. So they need to win out, and you need three losses. Right. And if they draw any of these last eight for them. So yep. you're talking about basically they have to lose the equivalent of what they've lost all year long in the next seven weeks. Could that happen? Yeah. Epic collapses have happened all the time in sports. Yep. However, I look at this Leicester City team, and like I have said all year long, the style that they play could lead them to lose against the worst team in the league. But it could also get them to beat a mm-hmm. lot of other... 98% of the rest of the world at any given day. and pro- mm-hmm. Actually, probably even more than that. Um, so for me, as long as they're healthy, as long as they're maintaining the focus that they have, I think if they can win three, maybe four out of these last seven... I think it's a wrap. You think it's a wrap with four wins? Four wins wraps with it three up. flat losses, or do they need? They can lose. Yeah, I think they, they can. They can straight lose three. I they think can go they can. Four, three, and all. It'll be it'll be extraordinarily tight, but I think they can lose points in at least three of these matches going, coming up. But if they they'd have to win the other four, right? But if they go out there, they win three, they draw two, they lose two. I still think that's probably going to put it to bed. You think that puts it to bed? They need to get at least three out of these last seven. That's going to be the big thing for me. And I think they can do that pretty easily. See that they, Nine I'm, more points on I'm the I'm just board. looking at Tottenham and Leicester right now because realistically that's what it's coming down to. And they... Leicester's got the easier of the next two games. They got Southampton, which that's going to be a tough match. And then they have Sunderland, who... But Sunderland might be that bad team. That could that, be a draw. That right could, that could be a draw. They're in a relegation battle right now. They might be going off and, and saying, I don't care what place you are in the league. We need to get points out exactly. of this. Um, and, but Tottenham's got Liverpool and Man U. And that's now all of a sudden, well, how many does Tottenham get out of that? Mm-hmm. Not looking at it, just taking, not looking at the table. If you third outside universe here, you come in and say, okay, they're going to get four. Best, I would, I would think. I would say best case scenario. If they best, win both of those, that's going to be right. I'm, I'm thinking. Very big I'm thinking. Be, I'm with you. I'm thinking. Best case scenario is four points. Are they going to Old Trafford by any chance? And that um, I can look that up. Jeez, talk about a brutal two weeks that would be at Anfield. At no, Old they Trafford. are. They are at White Hart Lane. Okay, so makes that's, it a little bit better. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It's that's a Lesser's going to Sunderland. I, it's who they play. What was it last week? Two weeks ago, and I said. I think it was Newcastle, 
And I said, watch out for this Newcastle game. This is not where this is, the implosion is going to start, but Newcastle's in a relegation fight right now. Yep. Wait to see what happens here. Let's see if... And then they go off and put up two goals and win it easily, running away. And it's like, okay, well, now they're... Yeah. I mean, I think they've got it in their head. I think they've got a... They're men on mission right now. I don't think they're afraid of anybody. I don't think that they're necessarily sitting back and saying, just don't let them score. Let's limp our way in. Yeah. I'm just getting scared that, like I said, you can't go to Chelsea and Man U two out of the last three weeks and not have it clinched up and expect to score a goal and that be good enough. Yeah. I, I just don't know. It might not get to that point. They might have it all clinched up before then. But if that's the situation, I, I'm not liking the style of play that they're... It's working for them. It's working for them. But physically watching it, I'm ripping my hair. And I'm like, oh, you have the opportunity to bury this game now. And you're just sitting. And you're just sitting. But it's working. I hate watching that type of soccer, too. That's, that's my problem. I hate score goal and let's sit and hope nobody... Nobody puts one in on us and walk away with a win. But they're getting results. They're at the top of the table. I'm sitting here at Del Boca Vista Studios drinking beers and talking to you two schmoes. So they're doing something right. Ooh, that's the mic. Alrighty. Well, this week, anything else on uh, the EPL? Here's what I'm going to leave Leicester City with. They e- This is my prediction. They will either win the league within the next five weeks or they will lose the league. The it will, it, yes, it is on them. It is on them. Tottenham can't catch them. They control their own destiny. Mm-hmm. They are the ones, if they lose, it's not because Tottenham played so crazy and came back and caught But them. I think going into those last two weeks, because they have United and, and Chelsea, they either have to have this thing wrapped up or they're going to lose it based off of that, in my opinion. Yep, you've been saying that all. You've been saying that for the past two months. Yep. And we're getting closer and closer to it. it. We're getting closer and closer to it, and it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, this week's topic of the week, we're going to do Champions League. Uh, next week, we're going to be on before Thursday. Uh, that's when Europa League is, and we've been holding off on Europa League. We missed the round of 16. That's when we wanted to get into it, but we've had a very, very busy soccer schedule, world soccer schedule lately. So this week's going to be Champions League. Um, next week's going to be Europa League. Uh, both draws happened last week. Both are in the quarterfinals now. Um, this damn thing isn't working again. Hold on, I got it. And we'll just run through here, little previews of matches, if you will, players to look out for, kind of free roll with the Champions League. Um, but we've got the draws, and the first match to start next week is at 2.45 p.m. on Tuesday. Uh, that would be Eastern time. Um, Benfica goes to Bayern Munich at Alliance Arena. Um, Bayern looked very good against Juventus. I think that was the best uh, matchup, other than maybe the PSG-Chelsea matchup in the first round, or in the round of 16. Um, I think that was the most evenly matched matchup. And Bayern just walked away with it once they got home, 4-2 in that second leg. Uh, they start at home this time. Could be a little more challenging. Gives Benfica the opportunity to get their away goal early, and now you have to go to Benfica and put one in the back of the net, level it up. But I see Bayern walking through easy on this one. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what. Benfica earned a lot of my respect with the way that they were able to take care of uh, Zenit in the last round. Um, not an easy ask. Zenit, who, yeah, when you take them out of Russia, they tend to uh, slow down a little bit and they tend to be 
um, a little bit a little bit more uh, open to the possibility of loss. And we saw Benefica take care of business there. So I have to do give I do have to give them credit for how they handled that situation. However, Bayern Munich's getting healthy at the exact time that they needed to get healthy. Arjen Robin back in the lineup. We saw Frank Ribery available to the team. Um, the midfield's looking like it's getting healthy now as well, as well as the defense. Oof, that's a big ask. I'd go Bayern Munich pretty heavily there. Um, I mean, this is Pep's last stand. And I think guys like Thiago Alcantara, who is a midfielder that he's had since the Barcelona days, I think those are players and I think there's a grouping of players there that respect him highly and want to do this want for, him to win it for him so I think they're on a bit of a mission in that in that sense already um at the camp new in bars no Noir, how are you pronouncing and this was being the Barcelona fan my number one team I would have pre- 18 months um at let it go afraid of Barcelona not that Real's afraid of him I think just right now, Barcelona's got Real's number. Uh, they're going to go into Camp Nou and get a win. But if they go in and get a draw, that's going to be very interesting. They get one in every game. but <laughs> And this could be a score fest, too. They, I wouldn't be surprised if the back of the net at will. Um, and Barcelona, their weaknesses are not strong in the back. They play you. Atletico can hang with them. They can possess the ball as well. And they're just going to go put it down in your net about this matchup. Yeah, not the best matchup for uh, for Barcelona. It's all going to come down to uh, Barcelona's match winners, which they have plenty of them. Uh, are they going to get shots that they can convert in that squad? I think this is going to be an interesting year for Barcelona because, again, like there are a few key players that I have maybe not heard are going to leave, but I think there are and have gotten to the point where what else can we're we gonna do? Win at this point? Yeah. We're right. going to win. We're, we're winning we everything. Do? Might as well try something different. Incredible, over the top, great. Barcelona team that we see for you know very the video game status winning yeah I and like I said I think Madrid was a difficult draw for them as far as difficult it can go for them but ultimately I like uh, Barcelona to final line probably a 5-2 or something like that I just don't think Madrid has the ability to uh, get forward and be able to score the goals that they're going to need to to stick around with Barcelona all right next Wednesday April 6th to the quarterfinals Wolfsburg host Real Madrid Oof. um Easy draw in the first round um, against my boys, Ghent. Uh, they're not in a Champions League spot next year. I think they're 7th or 8th of their table right now. Yeah. Um, Benfica, I think that would have made it very, very interesting. Not that Benfica is a weak team, but they're the into the semis, which would have been a great story for Wolfsburg and a great year. Unfortunately, I think your Cinderella season comes. Now you hate Real, but that's what it is. You are outmatched. It's the best season that Wolfsburg could have drawn. Talent on Real Madrid should ultimately win out here. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to. Um, yeah, I think I think Wolfsburg unfortunately lost one of their key players with Kevin. I think this would be a very interesting team right now. Unfortunately, because they're lacking to have enough grit to grind this one out because that's still a very talented Real Madrid team. Real Madrid should probably, I'd probably be picking on the opposite end. Right. Now, this is the last match, Princes, and personally my gem. And the past two rounds, PSG has been last time. Two clubs going after because Chelsea has nothing to fight for in the league. PSG, they're, uh, it looks like they're going to be losing some other key pieces there. They're just too good that they're not going to lose that. Can that clear? And this is not not a championship game. You either make your season or it's a total loss in, for both these teams, in my opinion. 
This one's a very, very, very tough draw. I'm going to go with a way goal or two and put the pressure on PSG coming back um, into man PSG because I think PSG's very capable of putting in two away goals. Um, I th- and not necessarily a shootout, but they're going to they're gonna be out to score goals. They're not going to be out here sitting to attack. They're not going to be sitting on their hands, and they're going to go after it. Yeah, I, I applaud Manchester City. I believe this, I believe is, this is the highest that PSG's gone, too, because PSG's had a problem the past couple of years uh, not getting it. I know they've... Oh, no, because they had... Oh, no, I think they were in the quarters last year because they had Barcelona in their quarterfinal draw. Do they buy quite a bit in this one, actually? I think defensively, they're one of the top two or three teams in the world, right? Or David Luiz, as they, they call him, uh, down in, in Brazil. Um, I think since the beginning of the season has really clicked on all cylinders. Now... That's not to say they've also been banged up, and they, they just um, yeah, some, some is, that that's a big screw Euros from. That's a big hit to me. Oh, the Argentinian guy, uh, Nicholas Otamendi. Yes, thank you, Otamendi. He went down. Both of those happened. What, what was it this past weekend? Hit because they're already thin back there. Yep. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm torn. I I like Man City because they got the first road leg. Yeah. I. I, I yeah, they pack it in quite a bit, but you saw what they can do. They're a grinder team. They're willing to sit there and say, you know what? Two goals in, in this first match. Is City really going to beat down the one of the top there? But I just think, uh, unfortunately, uh, PSG has the, the better defense, and I think this is a, a better matchup for them as the world. Yep. And then we're you're in a different class. Yeah, then we're yep. talking something interesting. But ultimately, I think they take care of business here. Teams left. You have to pick it now. Um, who is your favorite team? We did it the first round. We did it before everything. I'm assuming it hasn't changed. Um, can I choose two? No, no, you cannot choose two. How about Carl chooses one and I can't choose which? Gee. Oh, oh, you okay. piece of human waste. <laughs> um, okay, okay, give me the two. Give me the two. I'll, you know, well, they're the best team in the world. They have been all year. Yeah. Um, like I said, you watch them. It's like a video game. Barcelona might be as close as it gets to unbeatable as there is. Yeah, I agree with that. And I like what I, I, like what I saw from them last round. And I think Pep... Ultimately, when he gets that, would be he knows a lot of these players. He yep. knows what agitates them. He knows what gets under their skin. He knows how they're seeing, yep. and I hope that's ultimately what it grinds down to. So, we'll see. I, I don't have. I think that story. I think. Line, I think that storyline right now, outside of a Madrid Barcelona fan who likes who likes watching good soccer with good storylines. Agreed. Um, funny Gonzalo Higuain was our kit number of the week. Yoan uh, Cruyff did pass away today. Um, our thought of all time. Next week, like I said, we will talk Europa League. They're in the quarterfinals as well. Um, and now we're getting down in the nitty-gritty. So that's going to be our topic of the week next week. Sounds like I might be going to the MLS game alone this weekend. Carl got a new job that he's working nights. So his Friday might be booked up. Um, hopefully. Hopefully. Pelly, I think, has some lame excuse to not go. I'm going to try to drag him out. Um, so we'll have MLS talk coming up in a couple weeks. CONCACAF Champions League, I believe, is in their semifinals. Next week, is it next week or two weeks from now, um, there is a uh, FIFA break um, for European, or for European, for world qualifiers. Olympic qualifiers are still going on. There's a couple World Cup qualifiers already getting going. I think it'll be next week. Yep, I think it's next week, too. Um, Like you say, Europa League next week. U.S. Open Cup, their first round uh, the MLS, the big teams don't get into it until around June, but their first round starts next week, so that's coming up. When we get a free week, we'll talk about that. Uh, Euro 2016, Copa de America coming up in the summer. Uh, a lot of soccer, like I said, not enough time to talk about it, 
But at OTP Soccer Talk, like I said, every week now we'll be posting up the kit number of the week um, yep. where you can vote for who you think the best number is. Next week's going to be number 21. The options will be up there. A kitty there, by all means, you can do that. Uh, two, after next week, with the re- um, not that we're short on topics, but there mm. are topics, like I said, just rattle off a whole list of them that we haven't talked about yet. League Cup, or excuse me, FA Cup doesn't come around until the end of April. So we're going to have a couple weeks. We're maybe on Facebook, too, or Facebook. Twitter, wherever you follow us. Um, we'll throw some of those up so we can discuss topics that you, the listeners, want to hear. Um, that's the show. Carl Badger on the uh, uh, ones and twos over there. Zach Pelequin, um, his tears are drying up off of he'll, his shirt. He'll never walk alone. Yeah, his tears are drying up off of his shirt after this past week's loss. Uh, I'm your host, J.P. Chenard. Enjoy your soccer. Enjoy your soccer.